Okay, to all our fans out there, we really love you. So please, you, there is a listener support segment. You can support with as little as a dollar. Um, and please share our, our our links for the podcast. Also, if you know anyone who can sponsor us, please, please get in touch with anyone from the third world perspective. Did you notice that WhatsApp went down when we were planning this episode when we were speaking about this? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like I was I was wondering like how how can I get her like as in obviously Twitter DM is not like um that efficient anymore and like it was it was just stuff. I was hoping they could bring it back up soon and like um they did so that was fun. Yeah, it all went down. So you know what? Hopefully it'll just be back up and running. We'll have to be more prepared next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need a backup plan for sure when um the for the next time Mark Zuckerberg tries to pull another another thing like this. Yeah, for sure. yeah exactly. Exactly. Two, one. Hey guys. Hi guys, my name is Kalen. Hey, I'm Delmas. This is Pablo. This is Jabi. This is Kevin. Guys, welcome to the Third World Perspective. We are going to give you a Third World Perspective on all kind of sports. You name them. Beach, NBA, NFL, Beach, F1, football. You name them. All kinds of sports. Yes. Thank you. Ciao. Hey guys, welcome back to the Third World Perspective. Welcome back to another episode um, welcome back to NFL 101. This is our ninth episode. Um, this is another special episode. My name is Pablo. I'm joined by El May. El May um, obviously has been on the podcast before. If you didn't catch our sixth episode of NFL 101, you can go back and do that. Obviously, she's a Ravens fan. Um, obviously, um, living um, in Colorado, somewhere closer um, to Denver. Um, her Twitter is at Girl Talks Raven, Ravens. Um, Elme, yeah, go on. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Girl. Um, big fan actually went to the game versus the Broncos this past week. Um, the a big win in Denver for the Ravens, uh, undefeated team. So it was very fun environment. I think the Broncos fans were happy, they loved fourth quarter. So for the Ravens fans left there but um yeah I'm excited to be back on thanks for having me yeah man yeah like I was just about to to introduce the fact that um obviously the reason we have you on the pod the reason why I had to bring you back on the pod which is obviously a lot of our listeners love you since since the last time you came on and obviously it's a different perspective obviously with a girl speaking about football it's um obviously people love you so much on the pod but I had to bring you back because um I think this was the first Ravens game we've been to in two years obviously I'm living closer to Denver that was an advantage for you yeah, it was. Uh, I haven't been to a game since, you know, pre-COVID 2019 uh, back in Baltimore. Um, so, yeah, it's been a while. It was a really fun game. The environment was lively. Um, you know, they, uh, when you're an away fan, they, they talk a lot of crap uh, to, the, <laughs> to the team, especially when you're winning. They're not very happy with you. So um, thanks for having yeah. me back on. Yeah, I'm flattered. 
Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to have you on. Obviously, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. It's always a pleasure to interact with you. Every single time, I learn something new. Um, so, I'd just like obviously, our listeners would like to know. Um, basically, how is the NFL experience like? What does it feel to be in a, in a, in a, in a in an NFL stadium? Obviously, um, a football cathedral like the Mile High. Obviously, it's, it's different. Obviously, it's, it seems like Ravens flock was banging. Obviously, um, the Broncos fans as well. They have a lot to say about the game but how did how was the entire experience was it good um did you have nice seats um what happened yeah the experience of an nfl game is awesome um it's it's pretty amazing there's 70,000 some people packed into a stadium and um you know it's super high energy people are ready to go people are drinking beers and and talking smack um i did have really good seats there they were on the 500 level so up towards the top but uh right right on the 50 yard line which for me i really enjoy you have an opportunity to kind of see these plays develop and um watch guys get open and uh see these big throws especially the one from uh that touchdown pass from lamar to hollywood was amazing i just watched yeah. the whole thing happen it was really exciting so it's pretty lively um it can get wild people aren't always nice but uh what are they going to say when their team's losing so uh, it's <laughs> it's enjoy- it's enjoyable i had a good time and it helps that we won yeah for sure and like you just said that, that lamar touchdown pass to marquis down the field that was that was intense obviously a very nice catch from from marquis as well um but can we just talk about the game obviously it's different because you watch it live and like you saw it unfold obviously the um the ravens beat denver 23-7 so it was a big game going into it and um obviously this was levian bell's also first game as a raven and obviously like before before the season started we talked about levian bell playing um in baltimore and and obviously he came in rapping um, Justin Tucker um, with his jersey as well um, obviously it, it doesn't seem like he had a pretty um, good game but it was a solid start what, how did you think what did you think of him yeah I mean Le'Veon Bell did a pretty good job considering you know this was his first game back we had him on the practice squad for a couple of weeks just getting in football shape he still has that quickness sort of that shiftiness um i think he's probably getting used to taking some hits and stuff like that but as far as i saw he did pretty well he didn't get that many opportunities um he also you you saw a couple times uh the ravens trying to use him out as a receiver out of the backfield which i thought was going to be a huge role for him um a couple of passes were off from lamar uh, but I thought overall, Le'Veon did well. I'm happy he's a Raven. I think he's going to get more opportunities uh, to be on the 53-man roster for game day. And I think he'll eventually start making the most of them. Um, and definitely repping that Justin Tucker jersey. That was sweet. He he knew what was up with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And obviously, Raven's flock was buzzing before the game, the moment those videos came out. And um, yeah, we are going to talk about this offensive line and basically um, what it did to help, obviously, um, get the record which a lot, there's a lot of buzz going on and i'd just like to set the the tone for this pod it's 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 6 20 in the evening in in kenya right now it's um obviously six in the in the evening and it's 9 20 actually in colorado right now so just to set the tone um we had to pull this um basically squeeze time to get l on the podcast so um, we appreciate you and like just wanted the people to know how much sacrifice they've put into this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, but obviously the the um, the offensive line played really well, and it's and Andre Smith obviously played second half. He was thrown in there for Alejandro Villanueva, and obviously play action pass protection was terrific as well. But just to speak about how good this offensive line was, the Ravens now have a 43 game streak with 100 rush yards. Obviously that was that is the talk of the town. It doesn't matter um, that Lamar played a hell of a game passing. Um, obviously, this record um, was um, held by the Steelers, 1974 to 1977. It's the longest streak in NFL history. Um, how big of an achievement is this for the Ravens? This is huge, uh, especially in today's passing league. Uh, this is a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment from the Ravens. I mean, it's taken a lot of backs over a lot of years to make this happen and like you've been talking about the offensive line over the years as well has really stepped up um, a huge credit to lamar jackson obviously this streak started the second that he got on the field uh, which is just a total credit to him i mean he's a distraction for defenses he he opens up a lot of holes for these running backs and um you know we've been able to accomplish a lot with him it's it's incredible. I mean, this streak's been going on since 2018. Uh, it's now 2021. So this is over a number of seasons, like you said. A lot of games in a row with over 100 yards rushing, which is which is hard to do. But um, a lot of respect to the Ravens. I think uh, the Broncos weren't happy that it happened to them, but it had to happen to somebody. So um, I'm really I'm really proud of the team. I'm, I'm proud of John Harbaugh for going for it, obviously. And um, you know, I think it means a lot to the guys. It means a lot to the fans, and this is going to be something that we'll we'll cherish for a really long time. Because I don't I don't see anybody doing this again for for probably decades. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, since the last time, it's it's almost uh, it's almost 44. It's 44 years since the record was set. So it's um it's something to be proud of. And um, do you think do you think the Ravens? Obviously, it seems like they they will break the record. In the, obviously, they they're hosting the the Colts um at MNT Bank Stadium. Um, do you think the Ravens will break it? Do you think they can stretch it to 50 games? I do. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to stick to their game plan, which is number one, run the ball. They're obviously going to take what the defense gives them with the Colts. Uh, but I do think we can run the ball on the Colts. I do think we're going to pass it to what we do is that play action uh, that plays off of each other. So I think there's a really good chance we break the record. And I mean, sh showing uh, John Harbaugh last week how committed he was to tying the record, I think he's going to be just as committed to breaking the record. So um, I say, why not? I think we're going to rush for, you know, probably 130 yards this week. Yeah, um, obviously the Ravens are the number one rush team in the NFL. Everyone knows how scary this um, run offense is, the number one run team. Um, John Hub, obviously, let's let's speak about this beef. Obviously, um, Vic Fangio and John Hub. Vic Fangio worked for John Hub at some point in Baltimore, and it's it's crazy um, the the things that he had to say about him. Obviously, um, the, the the statement that stood out was ultimate, but was basically player safety is secondary to the Ravens. Obviously, John Hub had a lot to say about this, um, and um, he also had a, a punchline basically. Um, a left hook hitting back at Vic Fangio as well. I'm saying, quote, we didn't expect to get the ball back. You throw you throw the ball in the end zone with 10 seconds left. I don't know that there is a 16-point six, touchdown that's going to be possible right there. Um, obviously, the Ravens didn't expect to get the ball back um, with 10 seconds left. And obviously, instead of taking a knee, they decided to run um, and get and get. I think it was three yards short, and the and Lama obviously ran for five, and they got over past the 100 um, yard mark. 
um john insisted that uh, quote ultimately we answer to our fans um basically how petty is this and like um obviously we've seen the backlash on media and everything and obviously it seems like big fanjo was just basically speaking out of um rage it seems so but basically how petty is this yeah it's pretty petty uh especially since the the quote that you're using was uh the one on monday it wasn't even the one immediately after the game so he had time to go home think about how he felt about the game and that's what he had to say about it being bs that we went for it um you know it's pretty ridiculous if he said he expected it a number of times he said i expected it it's what we expect from that sort of team and um you know how offensive is that that uh we consider or that he thinks the Ravens consider player safety to be secondary. If they expected it, I think they should have stopped it first of all. If they didn't want us to get 100 yards rushing, they should have knelt the ball and not given it back to us. Um and if player if player safety was secondary, then we wouldn't have all these uh veteran free agents that want to come play for the Ravens because we take such good care of our guys. So, it's it's absurd. Obviously, like you said, it's just him talking out of rage, talking out of frustration. Their their clear goal throughout the whole game that I um was witnessing while I was at that game is that the the Broncos were committed to stopping the run. And they did a pretty darn good job. Um you know, we started throwing the ball which ended up opening up some more holes for the run game, but um you know, we they held us to 97 yards and to give us the ball back, it's tempting to not go for it. So, you know, I'm happy we did that. John Harbaugh um you know sticks to his guns he's a pretty gutsy guy and uh I don't think it's any real beef I think Fangio's got to get over it um I think it would have been more responsible of him to talk about how their their next opponent is the Pittsburgh Steelers but if he's hung up on the Ravens then that means that you know he's pretty ticked off that we did that so so be it <laughs> yeah obviously you said you don't think there's going to be any beef do you think these guys will sit um and have dinner sometime in the in the near future <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm sure John would be down, but uh the way that Vic was acting, I'm not sure he's going to be too thrilled about having dinner with him. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um yeah, like you just said that um Denver played really well and we know what that defense can do and obviously that secondary is massive as well and like the last time we had you on the podcast you were speaking about um the rookie cornerback who they drafted out of Alabama Patrick Sutton the second and obviously that secondary um can make plays all over the place and um it's different considering how how they played and i had alex on the podcast um the previous time and obviously he was he wasn't really convinced by denver and do you think this beating basically reveals how um how this team is or do you think um this was just a, a setback they met a really good team and like they can kick on from here um i do think it's a good team i still think their defense is really good uh i think a, a huge loss for the broncos was teddy bridgewater they didn't have him at all in the second half Um I think it might have you know they might have scored maybe another touchdown or something like that with Teddy so if Teddy can get back I think they're a better team I don't think they're the same team with Drew Lock in there and they've had a bunch of injuries at the wide receiver position um you know I think that this I think the Ravens did definitely expose a a good number of holes that's in this Broncos team um and this was the first time that their secondary really got exposed uh but they were so focused on the run I don't think they were prepared for uh what the Ravens had up their sleeve so it'll be interesting to see how they rebound this week versus the Steelers um you know I still think they're a pretty good team they'll probably be towards the top of the AFC West are they going to win it I'm not so sure um but yeah I I do think they're still a pretty good team 
Yeah, for sure. And obviously it was mad the way Lamar played obviously over over 300. I think he's is the only is the only quarterback in NFL history um to have over 1000 passing yards and 250 rushing yards in the in the first four games. Um obviously he's is breaking records every time he hits the field and the the thing that is mad that obviously was a lot talked about. Lamar even um talked about this on Twitter as well as these roughing the passer calls on Lamar. Obviously we've seen um mad um penalties um for basically the latest touch the latest touches on quarterback throughout the league and it seems like these calls aren't getting called on Lamar so um do you think do you think um the NFL should really consider this and basically how much protection does he need because it seems like there's a little bit of an uh discrimination when it comes to him yeah there's definitely some discrimination i think it's it's tone it's uh totally baloney if you will um mm-hmm. They definitely call him differently. I think because they think he's such a mobile quarterback that he should be taken. You know, there were a couple times in that game where he's a pocket passer and he's getting late passing the ball or getting hit late after passing the ball. You know, he slides down and dudes are still coming in. Um, not even just this game, but for for a lot of games before this. Uh, I think the outrage from the fan is going to definitely wake up some of these uh NFL refs hopefully it does. I think overall across the league they need to be more consistent. Um you know, they're calling ticky-tack taunting penalties, but if if the league's, you know, concerned about player safety as much as Vic Fangio is, then they should also be calling those uh roughing the passer calls on on Lamar Jackson because he's a star in this league and not that he needs special treatment, but I mean, you know, he, a lot of people are NFL fans be just because of Lamar Jackson. Um so they need to they need to wake up, open their eyes and start calling things fairly cuz he he is going to get hurt. Um not even because of his own accord or his own actions, but just because the the lack of responsibility of these referees. Yeah, for sure. And like also that throw um to to um to hit Marquis down the field. Um he was roughed on that throw as well and like they didn't call it. Obviously he didn't obviously he had the cheers and like it obviously Marquis had scored it scored a touchdown and like he was looking for the flag he didn't even um realize that it threw a touchdown pass. Um yeah, yeah but it, the NFL needs to consider this as well. I I think um, most people are saying it obviously it's just like fairness and like um basically accountability throughout the league for all quarterbacks just not Lamar and it seems like um they don't consider it um but like moving on to Rashad obviously Rashad is is back training I, I, I'm I'm not sure if he's had full training yet um but John Harbour said something along the lines that he has a chance to play this week um it seems like yeah okay it seems he had a full week of training um yeah but this is this is this might be exciting obviously when we did the episode I expected to have him back um some sometime around with 5 week 6 and obviously we're going to week 5 next um do you think if he comes back against the Colts it will be like um they'll be rushing him in or do you think it's the opportune time or what's your feeling on Rashad coming back uh i'm excited for it i'm not i think i mean you know like coach said i think there is a chance he plays uh but also at the same time i feel like maybe let's just wait one more week um mm-hmm. you know if he's back i'm excited if he's back it means he's ready to go uh mm-hmm. but i do think even if he is back he'll probably get some sort of pitch count you know hold him to 15 plays something like that just kind of ease him back in see how his groin's feeling after that surgery uh, he was a full participant in practice all last week we'll see how he is all this week um so that that does bode well for him 
so we'll see. But at the same time, you know, what's the rush? Marquise is really stepping up. Sammy Watkins is playing good football. We're getting a lot of a lot of production from uh, Devin Duvernay and James Prochet. So it doesn't seem like I feel like if our if our passing game wasn't getting going right now in the same way that it was, we might want to get him back. But if not, I say, like, why not? Why not wait one more week and and see uh, see how he is then? Yeah, I'm with you on sitting him for another week. Um, it, it it just doesn't seem right to to like. Um, obviously, when the, when the, this offense is gelling up really well, you all, it's it's obviously it's nice to have him back, but you don't want to throw another play in there, just in case the chemistry like um gets a little bit off. But like, just sit him for another week. Um, let him um get another full week of training, and let's see how he plays next. Um, in week six. Um, can you just talk about the Urban Meyer fiasco in Jacksonville, which is which is absolutely mad. Um, yeah, I had Alex Leak on the podcast the previous time. He is a big fan of Urban Meyer. He's not a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. And obviously he was, he was speaking about um, college coaches and everything and this guy is coming to the NFL. Um, which is mad, man. Which is which is just absolutely crazy. Obviously, um, a video of him surfaced, I think a seven-second video surfaced on the net Sunday night. Um, I think he was at his restaurant um, in Columbus, Ohio. Obviously, his team lost on Thursday night playing Joe Burrow and the Bengals, obviously the Bengals in the same division with the Ravens. Um, it seemed it seems like he stayed in town and drove to Columbus. Obviously, the players and the rest of the staff left without him. Um, is is this a good look? Um, obviously, his team is 0-4. His team has not won a single game. He has a rookie quarterback. Um, I think his defense is pretty okay, but his offense is not gelling at the moment. Obviously, they, they went and got Dan Arnold. They traded him from Carolina um, I think a week before, a week and a half ago. Um, can I have your reaction on this? Um, does this really um, basically speak a lot about this this organization as well? Because I have a quote from the owner here as well. It's a really bad look. I mean, everything about it, everything about the Jaguars right now is a really bad look. Um, starting with Urban Meyer, he's a huge problem. I'm surprised he even got a job. I mean, he's had controversy following him pretty much everywhere he goes uh, mm-hmm. with Florida with Ohio State, um, you know, he knew about one of his uh, one of his coaches on his staff at Ohio State. He knew about uh, abuse with that, and it's just everything about it's bad. And obviously, this is just making matters worse. I can't believe he didn't fly home with his team. Uh, if anything, fly home with your team and fly back out to Columbus. You know, if you need to see your family that bad, so. You know, then he's found with with a, a different younger woman in a bar or something like that, touching her and whatever. It's not his wife. It's everything about it's bad. Everything about it's embarrassing. The fact that the Jaguars still keeping him around is ridiculous. Um, you know, I don't think the players really respect him. And how is he going to stand up in front of these young guys and tell them to be men and not be a distraction and take care of themselves and take care of their bodies and their families and everything he's saying is hypocritical. So. I think it's embarrassing. Um, obviously, the Jaguars are in shambles. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure it's going to get any better unless they can move on and, um, you know, start to prove people wrong. But I'm not sure that Urban Meyer is going to be the guy for the job. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you're right. The owner for the Jaguars said that he needs to earn his trust and, and everything back. But, you know, how do you do that? It's, I feel like it's already gone, especially with the players. And that's where it starts. So. It's, it's yeah. unfortunate, yeah. Because I think people were really excited about the Jaguars this year. You know, they did make a couple big moves. Like you said, their defense not too bad. They do have a couple mm-hmm. really good, solid offensive players. 
I know they were excited about uh, Trevor Lawrence and everything. So it's just unfortunate for them. They haven't been good in a while, and this is this is just making matters worse. Yeah, for sure. And I have Robinson on my front. In, I mean, my fantasy obviously played really well on Thursday, and he obviously got me um, some points. And obviously, some players like Chenault on that offense, um, big players like players that can be stars in this league. Um, obviously, the the Jaguars owner Shahid Khan, those guys that um, basically listen to NFL casually and like are soccer fans. Um, this guy obviously owns um, Fulham Football Club, played in the Premier League um, last season. Um, it's 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 dif- it's difficult that he didn't um, basically go harsher on his statement. Um, the fact that he must regain our trust and respect is, is it's not a good look. Um, obviously, mo- mo- um, most people have spoken about this, and like it seems like he went and talked to the to the players like in the in their separate rooms and didn't call the entire team 53 man roster or um, yeah. Um, it's it's it seems like. Um, Obviously, like you said, the respect is not there for Banmaya um, in this franchise, um, obviously in this locker room as well. But I just don't see this being a good look for them. I, 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 it's, it's, it's difficult to even see them getting a win considering the, 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 um, the schedule that they have. Um, but this is just another bad situation for another rookie quarterback who I just feel, I just feel sorry for. Um, yeah. But can we just move on to the Jets because it seems like um, time is flying by really fast and like I don't know how <laughs> how long I can keep you. Yeah, we can move on. I got about uh, let's see, about fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll try to to squeeze all this in fifteen minutes uh, or less. So we'll, we'll speak about another rookie quarterback. Obviously, a rookie quarterback that won the game, which is which is just like one of my favorite. I, I think my second favorite rookie quarterbacks. Um, the Jets won for the first time this season. Um, they are one in three at the moment. Um, they obviously they were zero in three coming into the game, and the Titans were two and one. Obviously, we know what the Titans look like. We know um, they have the basically the best running back in the league at the moment um if we're just looking at basically numbers um first win for the Jets this season first for rookie QB Zach Wilson um which is um it seems it seems like um, um Zach is a, is a better situation than um, um basically Trevor Lawrence in, in Jacksonville and we saw he, he basically played a really good game obviously two incredible 60 yard touchdown pass 60 something yard touchdown pass to hit Corey Davis um down the field obviously showing off that arm strength um this Jets defense is elite and obviously it's notable that the Titans lost without AJ Brown and I think Julio Jones didn't play as well um how big of a factor is is basically missing these guys for the Titans and how how good is this Jets team can they get 6 7 wins this year, this season um i think 6 or 7 wins is is maybe one or two too many i think they could <laughs> end up with i think they could end up with maybe 5 wins um, which mm-hmm. I think would be considered a success for them. You're right, they do have a really good defense, um, starting with that former Raven, uh, C.J. Mosley. Um, and then they got guys on the back end and guys on the D-line that are really good. Um, Zach Wilson showed off his big arm. I'm happy he did that. It's about time that he, you know, he made some connections with their big free agent signing in Corey Davis. Um, that's encouraging for them moving forward. They do have a couple of other good wideouts. Uh, so, you know, I, I do think they could stack up a couple more wins. Obviously, it was huge for them to get their first win at home, um, you know, uh, in yeah. New Jersey, in front of their fans. You know, that's really big for them and big for a rookie quarterback to get his first win, just to know that it's possible and he is capable of winning in this league. So I think that that's huge. I like Zach Wilson a lot, too. 
Um, you know, he finally he finally showed up and was able to, able to connect with his players. Uh, I don't think the Titans have the best defense, so I'm really glad that he was able to capitalize against that team. And like you said, the Titans were without their top two wide receivers in A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Um, you know, Derrick Henry, Henry did his thing, as we expect him to do. Um, he got, I don't know, I don't know what the exact number is, but probably somewhere around 150 yards rushing, which what more could you ask for from that guy? Um, you know, but Tannehill didn't play that well, and they didn't have much else going for him. So um, I don't think either team really showed up till the fourth quarter. So obviously went to overtime, and and the Jets got that field goal to win it. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy for him. It's, it's, it's good to see that team getting a win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A few weeks ago, I had I had Matt on the pod. Obviously, Matt is in Ontario. Um, basically, he said, obviously, this jet side they looked at, like they were, they were weak at corner and like obviously, um, defense stepped up with some with some interceptions. Um, that defense, I'm I'm more excited about this defense. Obviously, um, Robert Sala is, was a defensive coordinator in San Francisco. That's that's why this defense is set up so good, and it's 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 refreshing, man. It's it's refreshing to see to see this happen. Obviously, um. All rookie QBs taken in the first round basically played in week four, which which is exciting. And like, I'm I'm all about the rookies um, today. And we'll speak about Justin Fields and obviously his second start as a as a Chicago Bear. Obviously took over from Andy Dalton in week two against Cincinnati. I'll just lay out the stats. Um, he completed six of 13 passes, throwing for 60 yards and obviously one interception. The Bears won that one 2017. Um, obviously. Um, started with three in Cleveland. Um, we know how that ended up. Obviously, he was sacked nine times. Miles Garrett had a field day. Obviously, you had Miles Garrett as the basically. I was I was watching it and un- unravel and like I just thought about L because it seems like this is right down your alley. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, completed six out of twenty passes um, in that. Um, Browns game, 68 yards. Um, the Bears lost 26-6. Basically, had uh, Justin Fields and that offense had a total one-yard passing offense, which is terrible. And like they had 43 basically total yards in of offense. Um, week three, we, obviously the the third game is started against the obviously second started the, the week four one against the Lions. He played really well. Um, Matt Nagy wasn't wasn't calling the plays. Um, 11 out of 17 passes, 209 yards, one interception. Bears win that one, 24-14. Basically, how how big how big is this man? Because it seems like Matt Nagy doesn't want him. It seems like he's playing really well. Matt Nagy wasn't calling um, the shots. How big how big is this man? And basically, what needs to happen for Chicago to be successful? Because it seems that at the moment, like everyone has the answer, but it seems like the head coach and the and basically the entire NFL have two different playbooks. Yeah, I'm not totally sure why Matt Nagy's not uh, 100% in on Justin Fields. Kind of feels like, you know, maybe Andy Dalton could give them a little bit more life, a little bit more experience uh, at the quarterback position. But uh, Justin Fields is is starting to blossom a lot. And the best way to get better is just to be thrown into the fire. Um, you know, he really did struggle against the Browns, but I think that Browns defense is is top three in the league, and I think a lot of teams are going to continue to struggle against that defense. Uh, teams already have, especially with more veteran quarterbacks. 
Um, you know, I think Matt Nagy's kind of, his job's kind of on the line as well because I think people are pressuring him to start Justin Fields because they feel like that's the right thing to do. And he's not willing to do it. But, uh, you know, the best thing Justin can do is go out there and just try to execute. Um, like you said, he had... I don't know, over 200 yards passing, a, a touchdown or something like that. So just keep making plays. Um, he, just like Zach Wilson, also has a really big arm and accurate deep ball, um, which is really going to be good for them. They've got a lot of really good receivers that are good in the deep ball, like Allen Robertson and Mooney. Uh, so, you know, I, I, think, I think Chicago is probably pretty frustrated with their head coach at the moment uh, because, because Zach Wilson sort of brings a silver lining to their team. Um, and a little bit of and a little bit of energy that they've probably been lacking. They see more potential in him than they than they see in Andy Dalton. You kind of know what you're going to get with that guy. Um, you know he's kind of in a tough position. It's silly that he doesn't just make a decision and run with it. But um, you know, shout out to to Justin Fields for just staying patient and waiting for his opportunity. I think he's doing a pretty good job so far. Yeah, um, yeah. You say yeah, you say Zach Wilson confused Justin Fields. Obviously, it's Justin Fields in Chicago. Zach Wilson is in New York. Yeah, but um, basically had it in the end. Uh, Matt Nagy said, "Quote like we said this whole time. When Andy is healthy, he's a starter. He's the one. Justin's the two. Nick's the three. Which is most people don't agree with. We've, we've talked about this before. But do you think Matt Nagy actually loses this locker room if he goes back to Andy? Andy Dalton. Do you think that's a possibility?" Um, I'm not sure he would totally lose the locker room. I don't think people would be too excited about it. But mm-hmm. uh, Andy Dalton does provide uh, some consistency uh, while Justin's still learning. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's a little bit of stability in going with Andy Dalton, which is probably why Nagy is, is so high on Dalton. Um, like I said, you know what you're going to get for the most part. But also... They're, they're not an elite team at this moment, so I feel like you might as well just stick with your young guy and see how he does. Um, you know, I'm not sure what would cause more locker room controversy, either going back to Andy or, or sticking with Fields. So um, I don't think he'd totally lose the locker room, but I think he'd, he'd uh, tick off a lot of fans. Oh, hey Pablo. Hey El. Um, I, I think it's I think it's my network. It's it's shambles. I'm trying to get better network, but it's it's shambles. Okay. <laughs> All good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you were saying you were, uh, before before basically um this this interruption happened. What you were saying? Yeah, I was saying that I'm not sure he's totally going to lose the locker room, but I think that a lot of Chicago Bears fans are going to be pretty ticked off if. Uh, you know, if he ends up switching back to Andy, I think there's a lot of excitement around this. Um, and so, yeah, I just think more than losing the locker room itself, I think he's going to lose a lot of the fan base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's it seems like um, him and Ryan Pace are trying to do different things in Chicago. Basically, it's it's uh, it's almost at, at reach at that point where most of the NFL and like media around the NFL are like giving up on the Chicago Bears and like letting Matsnagi do his thing because it seems like the top brass in Chicago um, isn't ready to set, um to fire these two guys, Matsnagi and Ryan Pace. And obviously, they 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 lost um, some draft picks. Obviously, going up there and to get um, Justin Fields and. It seems for me like going into the season. It seems for me like he was the most ready quarterback to play right away. Like it, basically, him and Justin Lawrence and, and just 
him and Trevor Lawrence basically were the, were the two quarterbacks that I thought were ready to play with one and um it, it's it's different it's different um we'll see we'll see we'll see how this develops and it's it's obviously it's not a good look um we'll, we'll just have to wait and see um, what happens with that situation in Chicago yeah yeah definitely any sort of uh quarterback controversy is going to be a bit of a distraction so I think sooner than later they just got to sort of figure it out and go with it yeah yeah um yeah like, like obviously we're not going to talk about, talk about it but Brady returned to New England um obviously in Foxborough for the first time since he left um a year and a half ago obviously um he got the dub obviously beating um his former head coach um Bill Belichick what did you think of the game we're not going to talk go into details about it but he's the goat obviously going back to the place that made him what did you think of the game yeah, I mean it was a it was a bad weather game, which is just classic for the Northeast up there. Um, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I'm glad it was really close. Kind of came down to that wire and that missed kick by the Patriots kicker. Um, you know, I'm happy for Tom Brady. I'm sure he really wanted that. I bet the Patriots really wanted that upset. Um, but you know, good for Tom Brady. It's it's not surprising that he did that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like people are saying, like um, obviously, obviously the Patriots lost, and people are saying that Bill won the won this match. Obviously, restricting Tom Brady. Um, yeah, it's it's not the way Brady wanted to play this game, but obviously um, the W means a lot. Um, yeah, um, we're going to sign off here. Um, basically, if we have anything else left to, to talk about, the, the floor is yours, L. <laughs> Uh, no, not at the moment, but we're going to have to do this again, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's exciting speaking to you every single time, so I appreciate you for coming. Well, that's it. right. I appreciate you having me back on. It was really fun. Uh, always a good time doing this podcast. Thanks for having me, and shout out to all your listeners. That's, they're really cool. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. They love you on the third world perspective. For sure. I think. I think your episode is. I think the second high. The second highest in terms of um, the NFL episodes that we've done in terms of plays. So they really love you on the third world perspective. Yeah. Oh well, that's sweet. <laughs> well, you know, whenever you want to have me, I'll take it. It's very fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll basically I'll, I'll hit you up and like we'll we'll set it up for another time. It's usually fun. I'm um, listening to you talk football, so this was really fun. Awesome! Thanks for having me. And and if any of your listeners want to follow more of my football takes, just follow me on uh, at Girl Talks Ravens on Twitter. Um, that's where you can find me, and uh, um, I'm I'm always on there. So always hit me up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you guys can follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Third World Pod. You guys can follow the podcast on Instagram at Three RD World Perspective. You can follow me on Twitter at Pablo Iconero. Um, this was Elmi on the podcast, like she said, at Girl Talks Ravens. Um, on Twitter, you can catch her um, on there as well. 